Disclaimer, the following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grasp onto any lasting control that I have on this podcast because you're the relinquishing <laughs> control. The funny thing is that you thought you had any to control, any control to begin with. Yeah, we just let you do. That's so, that's so rude. That's so rude. Anyways, but I'd l- I'd like to welcome everyone to yet another episode, and I'm totally I'm totally not overcompensating for the lack of control I'm gonna have when the Tyler's take over. They're not taking over. I still I, it's, 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 I'm still here. Up, It'll be fine. It'll editor. be fine. Uh, eventually, uh, eventually everything will work out. Anyways, not an um, well, welcome one and all. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I should have sent you the... Okay, okay, note to self, while I'm editing, I need to send you a McRib in the moment when I hear me say to get in you... The mail. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the, the mail. Just you're in down to the contract for subset. Yep. yep. One, one McRib. One rib, 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 rib per episode. What do you mean? Every I think year. he wants more than one. Are they still in stock? Uh, they will be next month. Alright, next month... When they're available, I'll get you up. He's gonna get fat off of McRibs also. Robbie! <clears throat> oh, shit! <laughs> you just cannot. This is so I terrible. Can. Dude, I'm gonna Dude, have to censor whole... it. I'm literally gonna have Bro. to censor it every time. Every time. You can do a chant for every episode. Subset, 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 subset. To Beetlejuice his ass. Speaking of the person who I just can't stop calling the wrong name. Subset, you were going to talk about Castlevania Nocturne last uh, last episode, but uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, you died, and we had to resurrect you. So again, yeah, yeah, again, like the fifth so, time. So, so before you does this make him again, our undead thrall? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, he yes. no. But before before you croak and die again, please take us through all of the new news that has come out and just your general thoughts on Castlevania Nocturne. Well, preface. The first season, short compared to the original series, and for the new news, we don't we don't have to wait long. Season two is already confirmed, so people who finished the whole series just wait a little longer. My general opinion on this on the show, not bad. I kind of feel like they were doing some new animation techniques for this, or is that just me? I'm not an artistic guy. But that's just it, what I felt when I was going through it. It definitely felt like they were trying a different approach to the animation, so it didn't feel as crisp and polished as the first series. I will say it did brought certain things a bit alive. I just hope that they either polish it or they go back to what they were doing. But, you know, experimenting isn't a bad thing. I thought the series was good, even with, like, it being Philly feeling a little unpolished. Right. It surely kept your glad. attention on it. I'm just glad we're getting more good video game, like, show adaptation. But the new characters they introduced us, I didn't saw a lot of them when they were first teased around. Only, like, very, very small information on each character. 
character, but each character brought something new to the table, given to how wide this series can be with their cast of characters to the villains and good guys. In this one, there wasn't a lot compared to the first season, at least, or shall I say the first two seasons in, in the villains and the heroes, which I didn't mind. There was a lot of faces in the first series, and this one, it took, it gives me enough time to really appreciate the characters that we're seeing. I, I one thing I thought was really interesting, um, because after watching both the first series and Nocturne, I started to, like, look into lore of the video games to see, like, what was accurate and what was changed heavily. In Nocturne, one of the main characters, Annette, she is, like, a completely different character from what she was in the game. Because I know in the games, Annette was kind of just a damsel in distress for the games for um, Richter to save. Because like literally beginning of the game, his girlfriend Annette gets kidnapped by vampires and he has to go save her. Huh. Um, also, too, they they went a lot younger with Richter as well in like this era, like with like this time period of starting Nocturne for Richter. He's a lot younger. What do you mean how young? How much? Uh, I'd say probably by like 10 years. 10 years, okay, okay. Well, seeing that you're so knowledgeable, Blaze, what do you think about the villains? I feel like these villains that they showed us were, I don't know, I'm trying to find a right word to really call them. Very dramatic, very... Very much so. <laughs> I I didn't, I don't know too much about some of the villains um, and how they are compared to, like, the game version to the series. Yeah, same uh, here. I know a lot of people were really, like, one of the scenes is, I guess, minor spoiler, the scene with the giant, um, this is going back from first Castlevania series, when Isaac was running through this city and there was the giant orb of bodies that he had to fight. That was a really big enemy that people loved fighting in the Castlevania game. So they do definitely do do justice to some of these villains and how they are with fighting in the show to do justice and homage back to the games. One thing I will say is that seeing how much things change since the end of the original series and seeing how it just flourished to just being all for one, like literally leading up to this big cult for vampires to find a new leadership within its ranking and hierarchy. It was very strange just to see them interacting with like normal folk the way they did mm-hmm. compared to how they did back in Castle the original series. But I gotta say, which one is your favorite villain? Oh god. Like which one really hooked you in? In Nocturne? Honestly, I'd probably have to go with I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Orlox, he's pretty interesting in Nocturne. Yeah. I gotta say what was her? Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to butcher her name. She was the second in the command to the big vampire, the one with the pink hair. Oh, uh, Geralta? Geralta, okay. I'm pretty sure that's Geralta. But her design and the clothing that she popped up throughout the different points, like, I don't know what the heck they were they were thinking, but it paid off. The designs for each clothing, even for a little short time it was on screen, I could see where their budget went. Oh, yeah, I definitely, definitely see where their budget went. Everybody is just hurting. Everything is just glamorized. Though, I will say I didn't expect something go down the way they did. Though I did like the pace that they were going with it. It did, definitely did have a good pace. Definitely ended on a crazy-ass cliffhanger. Yes, which, thank God we 
got a confirmation last season too because that cliffhanger is gonna let leave people hungry for more i'm hoping we don't have to wait too long because they're already like they're already like in like pre-production of like the animation and probably like getting ready to start doing the voice acting i'm hoping we could probably see it by like summer or fall of next year well had to lose maybe in like past summer but you know time will tell depending on how many episodes we can get in that season well i will admit i kind of do wish they might get the second season a little bit more episodes other than just eight but you know i don't know how they're gonna go down with the animation this time around overall the show lift it up it continued on where the show ended that's for sure and specifically starting a new light a new era i'm very curious where they're gonna lead these new cast characters down this uh dark world very dark world yeah i i did think it was kind of interesting too like definitely showing how far down in the timeline nocturne is from the original series because like there's a few times where the characters the characters would hear the name dracula and they're all just like who the fuck is dracula like that that, it's like a lot of the stuff from the first series and like the threats then are like myths and legends to the characters in nocturne at this point Uh, unless you're a belmont unless you're a belmont it's very interesting too that there hasn't been any more night creatures since then either like they've been slightly wiped until they're sudden pop-up in the series which it's really interesting to see that a uh, little spoiler that the night creatures are getting even a bit more sentience that we saw from the first one well it's also kind of due to that with the first castlevania series there weren't many forge masters to create those creatures anymore like in the series hector in the first series hector and isaac were like the last few forge masters in existence which i wonder I would like to see a bit of a flashback when there was more than one Forge Master. But that's just like a what if one shot through the lens of Castlevania. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Well, you know, I'm glad to hear that Castlevania is going to be getting a second season. I'm glad to hear that the popularity is definitely growing. But I know that there's an anime that I am super excited for that I know that there's growing popularity for. So, Menace, why don't you take us through what Go Go Loser Ranger is all about? So, Go Go Loser Ranger is, as you can kind of suspect from the title is kind of like Power Rangers, uh, more like the Japanese version. Uh, they're called Sentai. But the preface of the show, I'm going to read it verbatim. When a monster army invade- invaded Earth 13 years ago, the Divine Dragon Rangers rose up to stop them. With the war raging on, these great heroes are mankind's last hope. Or are they? In truth, the invaders were subjugated within a year, forced to continue to crank out a monster every week for the Rangers to crush in front of their adoring fans. But one of these monsters has had enough. Something has to change. He'll rebel against the might of the the dragon rangers and destroy them all from the inside so one of the grunts essentially or ranger fodder is what they're what they're generally called is going against the entire rangers and he gains this new ability to actually look like a normal human to kind of infiltrate the fans of the of the rangers and try to take them down and he's also joined by what looks to be either other villains of the rangers or other people that kind of know 
what they are. Uh, this news came along with a teaser. Teaser trailer is kind of what you could call it, but it wasn't an actual full trailer. It was like a 30 second clip. Uh, and we also got confirmation on who the voice actors for the main the main three characters are going to be. We have, I'm going to probably butcher these names. We got Yusuke Kobayashi as Fighter D, who is the main, the main grunt guy. He's also known as Foot Soldier D or just D. We have Daishi Kajita as Hibiki Sakurama, who is a villain who's going against the Rangers, who also just wants to gain his own fame. We have Yumikiya Yano, who is Yumiko Sazukiri. She's the main female character out of the trio. And I'm actually, it didn't really explain who she is during the trailer. So it's essentially these three. I don't know how D is going to um, kind of gain this new power or anything. It does show him like transforming at the end of the trailer. I recommend watching it. And it kind of kind of goes along the lines of the boys where the good guys aren't really what they seem. They're they're actually a-holes. Or Injustice. Or Injustice. Well, no, because Injustice is a different universe completely. Well, yeah, but it's still Superman being a dickhead. Well, I think Superman had pretty good circumstances to become what he was in Injustice. No. He was the symbol of hope and truth in the American yeah, world. Yeah, and his symbol of hope know. died. Well, that's why... That's why... That's why he should have just found the multiverse faster. Then he would have. Then he wouldn't have became a. Anyway. Anyway. Different from the boys, it's actually going to be a comedy series. One of my favorite scenes in the new teaser that came out is you see D and the other grunts at a whiteboard, kind of like playing out what's going to happen in the next episode of the Dragon Rangers, and they're like, boom, and then and then the Rangers come in and destroy the monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And D just goes, yeah, that's stupid, and they all just freak out at him. It, it seems like it's going to be a mixture of comedy and and serious like I don't want to say thriller but like uh like a more of a serious tone to it as well at times see I, like w- with the concept alone I thought it was gonna be like a very dark tone in the sense that it would just be like this very sadistic psychological like abuse oh where they're just constantly put through these scenarios over and over again no nah, because you you get to see clips of the Rangers in the uh in the trailer and they're not it's not like how in the boys where you see them like actually beating up enemies to the point of like hospitalization or anything like that they still do the whole over-the-top acting like the like the power rangers and stuff like that they still do the the poses in front of the in front of the fire explosions stuff like that but like uh i feel like there there may be points where like the rangers do show up and just be total dickheads to everybody that's there yeah, that's, that's my prediction. I believe that this is actually going to be a really good anime once it gets started because there's just so much popularity when it comes to Power Rangers or Sentai. I know from like a little side addendum, there, it, it, for, for anybody who was a fan of Power Rangers SPD, the original Sentai Decker Rangers having their 20th anniversary Fireball Booster movie. So I'm pretty hyped for that. That that trailer came out a bit ago. Oh, I and thought this was when you told us about it. I thought this was like an SPD thing. I didn't know it was the Sentai that the SPD ring yeah, based it was, off. Yeah, it, it was the Sentai. I, I just, I was using SPD to to use familiarized language because you know, who's gonna who's gonna recognize what Decker Ranger, which team Decker Ranger is associated with, you know? That's fair. I, I do like how well, like for each each iteration of Power Rangers there's been a Sentai that they've been based off of, so it is kind of like... Well, yeah, because dude, there's like so many, that, that, that's kind of like part of what uh, Super Mega 
Force was about when they started getting the other ranger powers. Like, a few of the rangers they chose were from Sentais that never actually got serialized as Power Rangers. And, you know, it's so fun, I can finally talk about Super Mega Force, just for a, just for a brief moment. Because the whole purpose of the show was just reusing old fight scenes and old fight choreography. It's great. And Anyways. somehow everybody loved it. Yeah, there, oh, by the way, in the next 10 years, if we see a train locomotive-based Power Ranger team, I know exactly which Sentai they're going to base it off of. What do you mean? They already had a train ranger. They did? Yeah, that was the, uh, the, you know how they always have, like, an offshoot ranger? That Power was the Rangers guy. Mystic Force. Yeah, Mystic Force. That was Solaris the, uh... Knight. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Oh, fair, yeah. fair, fair. Oh, the best one. It, that one was a good one. I mm -hmm. honestly, I gave up on Power Rangers once Nickelodeon took over. Yeah, like Nickelodeon and then Saban and then Hasbro. There's been a lot of different eras. They're still going. That's the crazy thing. They are still going to this day. I think they're like into Cosmic Fury, which is the secondary season of the... Dino Fury. Mm Dino Fury, yeah. Fun fact. Oh man, and I not. Yeah. Uh, I recently found out one of my cousins is a film director, and recently did some projects with um, the original actor who did, uh, who was the Green and White Ranger, Tommy Oliver. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Beast. Yeah. David Speaking of which, it's an unfortunate of his passing, but there is one last chance to watch something of his that'll be coming out next year called Legend of the White Dragon. Oh, really? It's him and a few others and some of the cast from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are going to be in it as well. It's kind of their own version of a dark Power Ranger. Kind of like oh, that, uh, Lord Draken! Like that fan oh. project that, that came out a couple years oh, ago. Oh, dude. Mm -hmm. oh, um, what, what was it? That. What was it? I can't remember. I just knew it as like Dark Power Rangers. But yeah, um, it's not licensed by Power Rangers, but it's very heavily Power Ranger themed. And it's a, a lot of nods towards Power Rangers. Rangers, but it's like their own dark fantasy sci-fi version of Power Rangers. I need to find out what this Power Rangers show, what, what this fan project was. I can't wait. Oh, and, and speaking of which, um, since we are talking about Sentai, and it's going to probably be the only other time I ever get a chance to talk about, about Sentai, subset, you and I still need to watch Lupin Ranger versus Keisatsu Sentai Patch Ranger, which is a Sentai where it is a group of magician rangers, magician thieve rangers, and they go around stealing shit, and there's another team of like cop patrol rangers and it's really cool and i've been trying to get subset into watching it but he just won't watch it and i'm upset i want to watch anime with you though <laughs> i don't think this one's is is it a live it's a live action series isn't it oh yeah it's a live action sentai i think we've all kind of gotten past the point of watching hey hey man you know what's so funny actually like and i know this is a side offshoot we've been talking about sentai for so long but apparently in the newer seasons they're cutting back on the megazord fights and they're having a lot more like grounded uh kind of upsetting because the choreography fights. on the ground has always been like the worst stuff it's always been really bad and also I'm, I'm so glad i was able to stall for time while i found this from unworthy productions it is power rangers unworthy oh yeah 
That is really cool. I I love it. I hope it gets more. I hope it gets more attention. I hope it gets more videos. I'm I'm excited for the Psycho Menace whenever that's gonna come out. But yeah, that's that's my. But uh, that's my spiel. Yeah, about, the people about the people side. making Legend of the White Dragon, the production company is gonna be Bat in the Sun, which is the one the YouTube company that would do like the one v one fights. They did one where it was Jason David Frank coming back as the White Ranger and he fought Scorpion. Oh, that's cool. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, that. That, that production, that was, that was that cool production company that made those fight videos is partnering up with Bascal Productions to make the Legend of the White Dragon. That's going to be nice. That's going to be really cool. I'm excited for that. Do they have any expected release date for Loser, for Go-Go Loser Ranger, by the way? There has still not been a release date that has been announced for it. But I think it's probably, it's probably going to be like a couple more weeks or maybe a month until we get the actual trailer drop, and then that will have the release date in it. Yeah, I my expectation is that it'll release by the middle or end of 2024. We also do need to remember that a lot of animes that are ongoing right now have either switched to like quarterly, like uh, what is it, My Hero's quarterly now, or or they're just on mega hiatus still due to all the all the strikes and stuff. Yeah, which uh, great. Hopefully, little adundum. Uh, I can't remember whether it was the writers or actors, but one of them actually did get settled. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was the writers' strike. It was the writers' strike. The acting, the acting strike is still ongoing, and who knows what's going to happen if if the rumors that I've been hearing about the gamer strike are true. Game developer strike, I should say. Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Uh, yeah. So going on from uh, another animated show to something that. I actually just re- learned from today from uh, Bobbert over here. What talk to me about this five years later thing that you were you were talk about earlier? Now I'm about to nerd out about this because I am somebody who not only loves the sh- the story of Ben Ten and loves the over- like like the, the the show of Danny Phantom. I literally have the complete box set, and I rooted for Danny Phantom when he kicked the shit out of Jake the American Dragon in Death Battle, and I cried when Ben Ten got his wrist cut off by Green Lantern. And Menace and I have had an, etern- an, it's an... an eternal rivalry about who would win because Ben 10 would win. No. It's not even comparable. It... It's not even comparable. It... But anyways, we're not if getting we're into talking, that. No, not... If we're talking about people, not not the tech that they're using, if we're talking about people, how would win? Okay, we're splitting hairs at that point because anyways, but I'm, uh, we're, we're, we're literally about to get into another hour-long argument about it. So anyways, so the reason why I bring up the Ben 10 and, and Danny Phantom universes is there's a little YouTube channel known as the Ink Tank, for those who are unfamiliar, that it used to be called Kuro the Artist. And Kuro still runs the channel, he just takes more of a backseat role. And one of the most ambitious projects that they are working on, it started as a webcomic and evolved into an, a, a voice-acted comic, and eventually is now turned into a YouTube animated series, and it is known as 5YL, or 5 Years Later. This is a crossover series between Danny Phantom, Ben 10, and th- this one is kind of a really interesting one, through line, which which I will be interested to see how it affects the story going forward, but Invader Zim. 
and uh, this, is a, this, is, this is a full crossover. This is obviously meant to be in its own world. It's not supposed to be treated as an official continuation of either series, a la DBZA, like support the official release, all that. But I personally believe this is a spiritual successor. Putting aside a glitch in time, because I know I talked about gl a glitch in time before, because 5YL has, like, it does not, it, it was made before the book came out, so it doesn't have that in mind. But basically it takes place with both characters five years later after each respective series, whether that be the original Danny Phantom series or Ben 10 Omniverse, which I'm really glad that they kept the through line of Omniverse with Rook and the Plumber's Base and uh, and Blukage and Dreba. So I'm, I'm spiraling a bit because I'm, I'm just getting... So I'm, I'm, I'm nerding out. I'm nerding out. But let, let me get back on track. So basically, the start of this YouTube series is it introduces us both to our main characters and gives us a little bit of a history lesson into both of their overall careers. And I just want to say the Ben 10 one with, with the music and the visuals. Oh, it was amazing. I loved it. I nerded out about it so much. The voice acting is great. Uh, notably, Danny Phantom is voiced by Mr. Trunks DBZA himself, Scott. So Kaiser Neko, on YouTube, he's known as Kaiser Neko. He voice acted for um, Dragon Ball Z Abridged as Trunks, and I can't differentiate their voices. Couple they literally sound the exact same. And it's actually cool because in one of the episodes, Danny actually gets a sword. So, you know, it's kind of <laughs> cool. It's a little cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, dude, th this this whole project, whether it be the commissions that they, that they do on their Discord and through their Patreon, or the other series offshoots that they have, because I know they have a drawing matrix where they give all of Ben's original aliens ultimate forms. Like, it's, it's just so nice to see that this has been something that has been brought into an animated and voiced world. Because it's one thing to read it as a comic book and be able to enjoy it, but it's another thing to actually hear the, the familiar sounds of the show and, and be able to feel like you're literally watching an episode of Ben 10 or Danny Phantom. And notably, I just want to say, the fact that Kuro has made, like, so many new transformations for Ben Tennyson, new power-ups for Danny Phantom. I, I know I say this a lot, and I know it's very cliche, but I genuinely had a smile on my face through the whole thing. I was I was laughing about it. I, I was able to enjoy all the callbacks. Oh, and I'm completely forgetting the plot. So basically, um, <laughs> in Danny's universe, the whole of ghost hunting becomes normalized. So Jack, uh, Jack Fenton, Danny's father, wanting to break out of that mold, he looks for extra dimensional travel, but he becomes a drunk and he kind of gives up. So Danny picks up the pieces and he's actually able to access the null void from the ghost zone. And then we get a classic fight, you know, because the protagonists don't know who each other are, so they have to fight. It was actually really cool, I'm not gonna lie. And we get to see a lot of the through lines that are going through in the show. If, if you haven't looked into the webcomic, the main overarching baddies are going to be, respectively from each show, uh, Vlad Plasmius from Danny Phantom and Eon from Omniverse and the live-action Ben 10 Race Against Time movie. And it's all canon, by the way. It is all canon. And um, it's just it's just so insane to see the level of detail and just the intricacies of how each character interacts with one another and how they get along, how they form alliances. And so eventually Ben meets Danny. He takes him back to Ben's universe and then they try to basically find a way to get Danny back home, which is the overall goal of this first section of the story that they have brought into an animated format. But yeah, 
Yeah. I, I, I've literally been going on about this for so long. It's, it's so emotionally fulfilling for me to be able to talk about this because all the way back from, from being able to see, uh, the, the, or the five YL comics that would come out or seeing the and beyond series, which is a series where they go into different planets of the Ben 10, um, or the Ben 10 alien lineup and talk about the environment and the ecosystem and the different species. It's a love letter to both Danny Phantom and uh, Ben 10, their channel as a whole. So I genuinely would suggest go subscribe to Ink Tank, go support them, support the official release, obviously. But yeah, it was, it's really nice. I'm not going to give up too much of the rest of the story just because um, there's not a lot more that they showed off in the first three episodes and there's plenty, plenty of volumes. I think they are almost done with the story as a whole, or I think Kuro at least has a has an idea of how he wants to end this, the story. But it is crazy. We see we're gonna see so many different transformations, so many different twists and turns. So go check it out. It's gonna be awesome. YouTube created content is always gonna be amazing. It's always gonna be the king. And uh, yeah. So I do have but a question the... though. Yes. Yes. Has there uh, has there been a time where Ben goes alien and then Danny possesses the alien to make it even not yet we haven't seen that yet a la uh because i know what you're talking about you're talking about the the ben 10 rex crossover where upgrade went on rex and up yeah uh, we haven't seen that just yet but i will say in their first inner in their first fight you can imagine that with with ben already knowing how to deal with danny the first transformation he goes to is ghost freak or one of the first and that was just really satisfying to see and also the omnitrix is new its design is new it's the way it works is new and it actually makes sense and it's oh it's so cool oh and also danny's been taking danny's taking a break from being a hero so he's rusty that's kind of the one crutch i wouldn't say crutch it's 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 one of the elements of the story that allow for for danny to kind of regain himself in a sense where, whereas ben is just hero time all the time yeah you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw 90.9 fm going from the literal king of content when it comes to okay. like you well well, well, I'm okay. just saying, man. Like, okay, that's fair. Um, going going from one stream of content that I'm gonna support until the day that I die, it's it's time to look at another form of content that I think is going the way of blockbuster in the way that it's described. <laughs> Gemini, please explain what the hell next, what the hell decision Netflix is making. It's funny you say that, like you mentioned blockbuster because Netflix was the one that ended up killing blockbuster back in the ye old time times of yore. Back when you'd rent a movie rather than just sitting on your ass and just streaming well, it? Well, ironically enough, Netflix didn't start out like that. Netflix started out as a rental, but it shipped it to your house rather than getting off of your fat ass and going down to the Blockbuster local like DVD store to rent it. Like, it just shipped it to your house. So that's how Netflix originally started. And that's what ended up killing that industry because people didn't want to go outside. You know, no one wants to go out and touch grass. So like, you know, it's a more convenient option. And as humans, we end up going for the more convenient option, the easier route. It's just how we are. And if I'm going to be honest real quick, and I'm sorry to interrupt, if Blockbuster had survived to COVID, COVID would have definitely killed it. Oh, definitely. So like in the end, you know, it died. Rest in peace, Blockbuster and all that industry. But now apparently Netflix is wanting to kind of go back to that idea of brick and mortar stores, but not necessarily 
literally in that way as how like Blockbuster and such was. It's more like, well, they haven't released too much information because obviously they probably want to keep it hush hush because they do have a lot of competitors, Disney being one of them. And from how it's seeming, they kind of want to do what Disney does in a sense where, yeah, they have their streaming platform, but they also have, you know, everything else because it's Disney, you know, there's Disney themed parks, obviously. There's Disney themed merchandise stores, Disney themed restaurants. And that's that's what it seems like Netflix wants to do is to go down this route of Netflix themed stores, restaurants, cafes, basically consumer capitalist hell. You know, <laughs> not even like they're not even iconic enough to pull that off, though. I think their plan is to go with things that are, you know, themed around their very popular titles. So they already have merchandise stores where you can buy stuff from like Stranger Things in cities such as Paris, Chicago, Las Vegas, you know, I believe Bridgerton. So they're probably going to take advantage of their very popular, like, head running shows and take inspiration off that. Apparently, they do have a restaurant that is open that is kind of based off of like, because I guess there's a cook, like a Netflix cookbook out. I saw it at Target once and I didn't really give it a flip through because I was like, that's stupid. But apparently they do have a restaurant that serves a lot of the dishes that are in their like Netflix cookbook, which again, I I don't know what would be in a Netflix cookbook aside from maybe dishes that are served in their popular shows. Just a bunch of quick and easy meals so you can spend more time watching Netflix? I don't know. I kind of feel like I think with COVID and everything, there was kind of an influx of cookbooks, I noticed, because a lot of them started to come out randomly. Like, I think um, there's a D&D one. I think, like, Snoop Dogg has a cookbook. Um, there's, like, an Elder oh, yeah. Scrolls Fallout. Of course like, Snoop Dogg's got a cookbook. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but, like, uh, but there was, like, a big surge of cookbooks, and maybe it's because people were home more, so they could cook more intricate meals because they had the time. So I don't know if that was a thing. If it did, if it was, I didn't really notice. Yeah, from basically how it seems like it, it really looks like Netflix is trying to follow Disney's path. Yet yeah, they want to become this big mega corporation where they just have their name plastered on everything. And I mean, it isn't uncommon for these big companies to do that. I mean, Whole Foods was purchased by Amazon years ago, so that's their form of like a physical store in its in a weird sense. So that's what a lot of people are, um, especially. NPR TV critic Eric Deegans has kind of stated uh, about how it seems like Netflix is trying to do what Disney does. However, Disney's been doing this for a long time. So if they're trying to compete with Disney in this, I feel like this is a that's a bad idea because Disney's just gonna like kick them where it hurts because they, they've been doing this since like what, the 40s, the 50s? When did the first Disney park open? Like, let me do, let me quick check. Also, I just want to say it's hilarious that Netflix is like yes they're following Disney's design model but but the groundwork they're using is literally Blockbuster's business model and it's going to ruin them why would they repeat the decisions that made Blockbuster go Ugh, I don't know 1955 the decisions the only reason why Blockbuster went out is because a more convenient op came in if they yeah. are the convenient option plus having these brick and mortar stores they're essentially just doubling down on the market they already own yeah I mean, and that's the thing okay, fair, fair point and that's the thing they're competing with Disney so they're kind of hoping that they can get ahead of the game that Disney technically made that's the thing they're trying to make you know 
their market, their, yeah, their brand, their, th everything bigger. That's what they do. So it's, yeah, it really seems like they're just trying to follow the path that Disney did because the first theme park opened up in 1955. Disney has been at this for a long time. They more than likely know what they're doing because clearly they haven't failed. And honestly, I don't think they are ever going to. They're probably going to be a mega corporation that will outlast humanity. I'll be honest. <laughs> Um, so like they've been at this for a long time and I honestly don't think it's a good idea for Netflix to do this because just the money that they're going to have to pour into this to even make a dent in Disney's armor, it would probably put them back more, which means then they realize that, that their money's down, so they will have to extort the consumer more, raise the Netflix prices, put more, you know, fees on things like how they're currently doing. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the main reasons why they're doing this, why they've raised their prices, why they're cracking down on things. And if you want, you know, certain things, you have to pay extra. I wouldn't be surprised if this, if they probably had this planned years ago. So it's hard to say. And if you live in one of those really big cities where, you know, everything happens and shows up, you might end up seeing some weird little, actually probably not little, weird big Netflix store kind of thing where you'd be able to go in, watch some form of entertainment that's like a Netflix based, eat some food with your homies, and then buy a Stranger Things t-shirt on the way out. I know that I wouldn't. Incredible. <laughs> like, I would, I would literally rather go into a hot topic in 2023 than go into a Netflix branded show topic? or a, a, a store. Nothing, look, nothing. It's just every time I that was from 2000. Like, look, every time I'm down at my local mall, I feel the urge, and I always can, and I always commit to that urge to go into Hot Topic for at least 10 minutes. I mean, yeah, Hot Topic is more of a pop culture store, but I mean, that's just how it is. Trends change, fashion changes ever so frequently, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, and then you know, two, three stores down, then sometimes I'm like, do I also hit up the Spencers? Yes. Always. Yeah, see, whenever I go to a mall, the only thing I even am remotely interested in is the gaming store. Nothing else interests me. Like, yep. I don't go to GameStop I don't in go... years. The thing is, uh, the thing is, is the that... The EB Games... Robert, Hot Topic has technically become the anime merch store. Yeah. It has. I d Trust me, that's... I just recently got a Naruto hat. I'm pretty sure I got it from Hot Topic. I'm not 100% sure. I don't think because I'm pretty sure Hot Topic is an American brand, so I think it was our equivalent of Hot Topic, whichever that is. I can't remember it off the top wow, of my head right now. you guys have but... to get knockoff Hot Topic? That's sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You gotta get knockoff brands of knockoff brands? Damn. Yikes. Knockoff Topic? Okay. But yeah, like, that's the main reason I go there is for a lot of the nerd shit now. Or Spencer's, because sometimes Spencer's has some nerd shit. Wait a second. I recall in a previous episode, I recall in a previous episode, you guys were insulting Canada for their stores having proper names, but your store is called Spencer's? That's it's not the only store. Uh -huh. You, all of your stores are named after people. Well, we got, we got, Tim Hortons. like, okay, we've got Walmart, who's good? Everywhere has Walmart. That okay, doesn't that's count. Fair. That's fair. Um, we've got Home Depot. Everywhere has hey. Home Depot. Okay, alright, I think Especially any, down any by where, um, one of us really, one of us lives. <laughs> I, I think, I think any answer I'd give is just gonna continue. You're using general stores now, that doesn't work. Ha, get it? General stores? Because they're all general stores. That was the point. Home Depot's like, I've actually never been inside of a Home Depot. It's a hardware store. You've never been inside of a Home Depot? We have a Lowe's, not a Home Depot. 
Wow. Bruh, my is area is so sad. My town has one Uber and it's this retired oh. old man from Boston who just drives around Monday through Friday. We got like a Canadian lot of money tire, though. Uber. You can. We got right? Canadian Tire and, and they have their own currency. What? Canadian Tire. Yeah, Canadian Tire. They have, they I have their own currency. I think we have currency. American Tire, so money. it's like... American. I know there's Firestone. That's not real. I I think that, something is like that. that. Is that that one tire company, Firestone? Yeah. Yeah. We are completely off topic now, by the way. We are. Gemini here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Anyway, moving on from streaming and, you know, terrible decisions that big companies love making. Blaze, what do you have to tell us on the new, what is it, the Slender Game remake? Not a new game, and it's not a remake. It's actually an update to the game Slender the Arrival that came out 10 years ago. Um, it originally came out on oh. the Xbox 360. I think it was also on the PS3 at the time. I thought it was a re-release, but it's an update. Yep. Okay. It's, it's kind of a, a re-release and an update. So what it's doing is it's doing a graphic update of it, um, making the whole game look better, adding multiple language support. You get to play the original original one how it was but they're also adding a whole new chapter story to it called nightmare uh where you're gonna follow another character who's trying to survive through the madness of Slenderman. so you're saying there's an actual plot in a slender arrival game? is the main game that has had plot for slender man it's been like the best adaptation of the of the different slender games yep we're getting a whole new second chapter to this uh called nightmare which I don't know if it's gonna be a second chapter or just like another story with another person or if they connect I'm not entirely sure yet because I haven't played it yet it is already out it came out on the 18th but on top of that they're also gonna be continuing to work on the game and they're going to be releasing um, more DLC stories expanding the game even more see all these companies all these companies and their complaints and their and their excuses you know how many games that exist now that don't even need to exist because they could have just added on to the previous game. Like, Slender Slender the Arrival got a complete overhaul, and it's a 13-year-old game. 10-year. Or, yeah, 10-year <laughs> game. Ten, it's a 10-year-old ten, ten game, and it got a complete overhaul, but yeah, we got to deal with Overwatch 2. I can't even right now. But yeah, um, this is supposed to be in the second quarter of 2024. They're going to be adding uh, not only new chapters in the form of DLCs, but they're also going to be accepting, allowing cross-platform mod kits into the game <gasps> to where you can mod and create your own horror maps and adventures to go through in the game. The Slender is going to be the next Skyrim. No. Out. We're going to see mod we're going to see macho macho Slenderman. man. Macho Slenderman. But it doesn't end there. When the quarter 2 when this stuff comes out in quarter 2, they're also making the game multiplayer so you can survive with your friends through these stories. Ooh. Multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, now, just like Binding of Isaac, finally, finally, these old school horror games are actually getting multiplayer. Binding of Isaac's not, not a horror local game. Local multiplayer. Okay, I know it's 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 it's, it's, it's got it's, it's a spooky scary. It's just, I'd, I'd say it's scary. Now, oh, the normal version of Slender: The Rival is still available to buy for ten bucks. 
but this new version that's going to have the upcoming DLC multiplayer and the, the new chapter that's already in it, Nightmare, um, that's going to be 20 bucks. All $20. 20 bucks. Do you need the original to play the new stuff? Uh, I, be- I believe you need to buy the $20 version because it's doing a whole graphic update and everything. So no, 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 I'm, saying, I- I'm saying, do you need the $10 version to play the $20 version? No. Well, that's good. But I'm really hyped for it. I'm probably going to pick it up here probably either this weekend or next weekend. I'm really hyped to play it because Thunder Arrival was an awesome horror game. And I'm just glad that Creepypasta isn't dead with Slenderman still being around with this update. And you know what? You know what? Just because it's 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 in it's in theme. What I, I just on on YouTube, uh, Game Theory uploaded a time travel episode where we went all the way back to when Matt Pat made the poll to decide whether we were going to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's or Slenderman. So so we got to see the alternate timeline reality of him talking about Slender, <laughs> and we got to know what Slender's body mass index is, and the buddy's almost like four hundred pounds, and he's like eight feet tall menace get me man get my mouth i'm a fire in my laser blazer's gonna have a mallet and i'm a fire my laser i want to say i'm very thankful for everyone who has taken the time to enjoy our uh, rambunctiousness and all of the stories we have talked about today and make sure to support all the other amazing podcasts that go up on cjsw from all of my friends i know that for the past couple episodes i've been loopy and i haven't been able to intro them properly but i always make sure to give them a proper outro with my lovely friends blaze anytime gemini pleasure as always menace always fun and this time actually live and not pre-recorded subset hey oh it's so funny because it's literally the exact same as the last episode <laughs> anyways wow all right i'm gonna finish it now before it's too late we will see you in the next one farewell everyone bye hey you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw